The title of today's message is Justification by Faith Delivers. You may not have thought about what does being justified get for me. And I want you to take your Bible before we start there in the book of Romans and turn to the book of Job. In the book of Job, chapter 25. Because Job was having a hard day. He was trying to figure out how to be just with God. And he knew he hadn't done things that bad, he didn't think, to justify all the things that were going wrong in his life. And buddy, things were really going wrong in his life. He had done lost his kids, ten kids. His wife had turned on him and said, why don't you curse God and die? He lost his wealth, lost everything. And then he was losing his health. And uh, he didn't curse God, but he did curse his life and wish he had never been born. And he says, how can a man that's born of a woman ever be clean? How can he be just with God? And so if you look there in Job chapter 25 and look in verse 4, there's the question. How then can man be justified with God? How can it be made possible? Because he had done all the right that he knew to do, and he knew something was wrong. It wasn't that he hadn't gone, you know, some ways and matured a lot, done a lot, prayed a lot, sacrificed a lot. But God wanted to show him how much further he had to go. Sometimes we think we have arrived, and all of a sudden God lets you see you're not there yet. There's still a few things for you to learn. So we still have to experience a few little bumps along the way. And we call them speed bumps. Sometimes they're to slow us down. And then sometimes it seems like we're a, a snowball going downhill and can't stop. It just seems like everything's falling apart and you, you just don't understand why. But he asked the question, how then can a man be justified with God? See, justified with God means to be equal with God where God finds nothing wrong with you, just as if I had never sinned, where God can declare me righteous, and we know that no man can be declared righteous by his works. As he says in the book of Galatians in chapter 3, uh, no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. So no man is justified by his works, the way he lives in the sight of God. Impossible. So the question, how can a man be just with God? So that's what it's about. So take your Bible and turn to the book of Titus in chapter 3. The book of Titus and chapter 3. Now the book of Titus has a tremendous portion of Scripture, though it's not a big book, but it's got some powerful statements. It talks about how that, you know, grace has appeared to all men. And then tells us how bad we are and how wonderful grace is. And then he starts off there in chapter 3 of Titus, where he makes a statement in verse 4, But after that, the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. In other words, how did God show his loving kindness toward us? If God loves me, and if God is kind toward me, what did he do? Well, you know, it always goes back that he did it through his son. His son was the manifestation of the love of God. And so he says here, 
in verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. That's past tense. So I've already been saved. And then he says there in verse 6, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And now look in verse 7. That being justified by his grace. So you can't be justified by your works, but you can be justified by grace. When it says by grace, it means that God has to do it. If it was by works, you have to do it. I love grace. He does it. He saves us by grace, not because we deserved it, because he loves us. Now, sometimes I know that's hard to believe. There's some people you know that you don't think they ought to go to heaven. You probably wish they would go down the other place. But you can't do that. Have you ever told somebody to go there? A few of you are nodding your head yes. It wasn't your wife, was it? I hope not. But you're to be justified by faith. Now take your Bible and look here in the book of Romans in chapter 3. Romans and chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, after he had declared that everyone is guilty before God. You see up there in verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. The law is what lets us know that we're sinners. And so there in verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that's why no man can justify himself because all men have already sinned. And he can't stop it. So God says there in verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Because of this payment that Jesus Christ made on the cross for us, you and I can be justified by grace, freely, by his grace. Now, take your Bible, look there in chapter 4 of the book of Romans. And in chapter 4, it says there in verse 4, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. In other words, if you're saved by your works, then you can't say that you were saved by grace. Because grace and works are not the same. They're opposites. Works means you deserve it. Grace means you don't deserve it. And so he says, then if you're saved by your works, then God is in debt to you to save you. So he says in verse 5, in contrast to verse 4, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. That is what grace is. Grace says that you don't earn it, you don't work for it, but simply by your faith in what Christ did, you can be justified. That's grace. So that means that salvation must be by grace. And it is. Now, as you go through these scriptures there, you'll find that Abraham had the righteousness of God imputed to him. But he promises you and I that 
if we also believe, his righteousness will also be imputed unto us. So you look there in verse 23. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe. But if you don't believe, that payment he made is not put to your account. Impute means to put to your account. So he says, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So yes, we are to have the resurrection included in our gospel message, our gospel presentation. Now get verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses. In other words, he died on the cross because of our offenses against God. They were taken and nailed to the cross. He paid for that. He was raised for our justification. So when he was raised for our justification, it means now the check will clear the bank. In other words, you have to get the money and put it into the bank. Jesus died on the cross, and he was buried, and he rose again and ascended into heaven. Now we have a reason. God has a reason to justify all of those who believe on him because he has the proof of payment that has been accepted. So the bank will accept anybody who wants to draw on that payment. The money's in the account. And all you have to do is believe that it's there for you. And you will be justified in making a withdrawal. It covers your sin, pays for what you've done wrong, what I've done wrong. Justification, in reality, has more to do with the judicial decision by God in that he declared us righteous. That justification, it means it, it gives God the right to declare us righteous because of a payment that was made for your sins. See, otherwise God could not justify you and I. He couldn't declare us righteous because we'd still be in debt. Christ coming back from the dead, he was raised for our justification so that we could be justified. So therefore, it has to be. It's part of the message. It's the foundation upon which we rest. So I wrote down some things on this Roaming Through Roaming series that I had done a few years ago. But I believe that it's important, and I want you to see these things. If you will, look there, your text up there, where it has justification by faith delivers peace with God. And the reason it starts off in verse 1 is because of what it says in the previous verse. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have something. Faith is the only thing that can deliver us from the wrath of God because we were enemies of God. Therefore, this justification, being justified by God, God is now able to give to you and I the peace with God. It's based upon the payment Christ made. If Christ hadn't made it, God couldn't do it. God must be just when he justifies the unjust. You see that verse over there in verse 5 in chapter 4 where he makes this statement? But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. 
So he is able to justify the ungodly because of what Christ did. So therefore, there are some things that justification will deliver, give to you on the basis of your justification. So when God has declared you justified as though you had never sinned in your life, there's some things God says, I got for you. It's like getting, you know, a box of presents. You know, just open them up and see what he's got for you. So one of the things is that I know since I have been justified, I have peace with God. I got peace with God. In other words, my sins, Christ took. God's anger, he took it out on him. He doesn't take it out on me. He took it out on his son. Now, if you know us and you understand this, it also makes you more thankful for the salvation that you have. And the wonder of the message of the gospel itself. And how good God really is. So he gives us this. And so if you'll look there at letter B in your notes. The peace of God is our state. This can change at any time. Peace with God can't change. Peace of God, it does. And I want you to see this. Look there in verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. You see, where we stand, this is our standing. The state changes. The standing doesn't change. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were saved by grace, and you stand before God justified because of grace. That is your standing. That's where God sees you. That cannot change. And because of that position that you and I have in Christ, that can never be changed, we can know we have peace with God that cannot change. It means God can't get me down the road because of some future sins and then send me to hell. Never happened. The payment Christ made was sufficient for all of my sins, and God sees me as someone who stands in grace. See that verse? And he says, wherein we stand for and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, there's several things that I wanted you to see. One in this verse, where it says, and because of where you stand, you can rejoice. Because you know you're saved, you've been justified, cleared by God, declared righteous, it cannot change. Rejoice in that. Then he also says in verse 3, and we glory in something else. And I'll show you that in just a minute. But it also talks about in verse 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God. So there's joy, a place of rejoicing because of something that's happened. What happened to me? I've been justified because of my justification before God. And not because of anything that I did. But it's all because of what he did, because he was able to clear me of anything I've ever done wrong. God says, I now stand before him in grace. And grace is because of love and kindness and mercy that he bestowed upon me, not because of any good thing that I've done, but Jesus Christ who took all of my sins, took all of my wrath, and died in my place. I believe he did it for me, and therefore his righteousness imputed to me, and this is where I stand before God. Now look in verse 3. Verse 3 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. You see, after you have been justified, you should know and understand you're going to have trials and tribulations. But the tribulations that you go through, I don't care how many, 
How bad cannot change your standing in Christ. Therefore, we should rejoice in that nothing in this world, no amount of tribulation that you and I may go through, no amount of suffering that we ever have, can ever change your justification. Your standing in Christ is in grace. That's a wonderful thing to know. Now, look there at number two in your notes. Justification by faith delivers access into this grace, a reservoir of unlimited treasure. Our standing is in grace, which cannot change. This unchanging truth is the basis of our internal security. Now, I always talk about the external. We're talking about our eternal security. But you know, the peace of mind that you have must be based upon your internal security. We're internally inside of you. Your confidence is strong in the Lord, and you have internal security. Because nobody can give it to you, and nobody should be able to take it away. Because you know what the Word says, you believe it, and you are internally secure. But anyway, I like that when I put it in there. Anyway, now look at letter A. Rejoice now in anticipation of the glory, the perfection of God. Remember, when he says in Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Short of God's perfection. Now you can rejoice because you know one day you're going to get a body that's going to be redeemed. And it goes to that in chapter 8. To it, the redemption of the body. And we're going to be totally glorified. Total perfection in every area of our life. That's something to rejoice about. When you know it and you understand it and you believe it. It should give you, as we talk about the peace of God. So you have the peace with God and the peace of God as you behold and hold on to these truths. It will greatly help you. I'll look there at the next statement there under number two. A glory now in tribulation because we know tribulations worketh patience. Does everybody need patience? I think so. Uh, remember Abraham had to wait about 25 years. Did you know that Moses, well, he had to wait about 40 years. You know, everybody seemed like they had to wait a long time. Jesus waited 30 years before he got into the ministry. So if you feel like you're having to wait a long time, you're in good company. Welcome to the club. Sometimes we are just so impatient because we want to do something and be used a certain way. And God says, oh, wait a while. How long? And then he won't tell you because he wants you to trust him. Be patient. And if you see somebody that says, well, I want patience. I need patience. Well, tribulation worketh patience because the problems of life and you can't solve on your timing. You can't make it happen. You can't just brush it away and it's not there anymore. You go to sleep and lo and behold, you wake up and it's still there. You hit the bottle. It's still there. You take the drug. It's still there. Learn to be patient and wait upon the Lord, because it will work for you. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience produces experiences. Because, you see, the more tribulation you have, the more experiences you go through. And the more experiences you go through, the wiser you can become, because you've learned so much about so many things. Have you ever had a car break down, and then you find out what was wrong with it? So next time, I'm going to fix it myself. Years ago, you could be a shade tree mechanic. Today, everything is computerized, and they fix it to where you can't fix anything on them things. 
I used to love it where I could just take and get a, you know, a pair of pliers, a screwdriver, and a, some baling wire and rubber band and scotch tape, and you could fix just about anything. Not anymore. But you see, there's some things that happens to you in life, and as you learn and go through experiences, it increases your wealth of knowledge. That's what God is doing. So everything that seems to go wrong and all these experiences you've got to go through, God is simply endowing you with a wealth of experience. That makes you more valuable. Don't you like that? Now, tomorrow, the Lord may let you have a new experience you haven't gone through before. It always usually comes described as a problem or work. And you realize that, you know, God is working in my life. He must have something here for me to learn. Have you ever said, Lord, I know that you sent this my way, and you want me to learn something from this. I want to learn it quick. I want to learn quickly so we can get rid of this thing here. Well, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Look at the next thing. Experience produces hope, a joyful anticipation that causes you not to be ashamed, confused, discouraged, or disappointed in the Lord's will for your life. Because you learn how to trust the Lord. You learn how to wait upon the Lord. You learn how to be patient. But you see, why should you do all that? Because you know your standing in Christ is not affected. Your standing in Christ is not affected by the ups and downs of your day-by-day life. Because what God did for you, He did. That was by grace. Had nothing to do with how you live. My position in Christ cannot change. Now my state of being from day to day. One day you're up here and one day you're down there. You're like a yo-yo. Up and down. And so that's what we go through. Hopefully we'll learn to run like they used to have the Mazda. You know. hmm. Now. Number three. Justification by faith delivers the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit could not be given to you until you had trusted Christ your Savior and you had been justified. Now because you have been justified, God can take possession of your body and He gives you the Holy Spirit because He is the the one that indwells you. He is the earnest of the inheritance that we're going to receive. So The thing that God can do for you, yes, He can give you peace, He can give you joy, He can give you tribulations, but it can't affect your standing. And because of justification, He can give to us the Holy Spirit. He doesn't give the Holy Spirit to the lost man. He only gives the Holy Spirit to the saved man. But look there at the purpose of it. So you look there in verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. Now, you see those two little words? Is given. You didn't buy it. You didn't pray for it. You didn't beg for it. You didn't earn it. The Holy Spirit's given to you because you have been justified. When God declared you just, there's some things that justification can deliver unto you, can give to you. And this is what God has done for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God living within us in our mortal bodies, to teach us the Word of God so that we can be led by Him, taught by Him, guided by Him. And one day, uh, probably changes our vile bodies into like His glorious body. And one day we're going to be out of here. So it's a wonderful verse about what God has done for us. Look in verse 6. For when 
we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, but yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, look at the next statement on your notes. Justification by faith delivers from the wrath to come. Now, if you'll take your Bible, hold your place right here, but just come over there to the book of Romans in chapter 1, and look there in verse 16. Verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew and also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, in this message, is the righteousness of God revealed. And in verse 18, is the wrath of God revealed. So the message that we preach to the lost man, it should contain the wrath of God and the righteousness of God. Because a man needs to know what is the consequences if I don't trust Christ as my Savior. And the only reason he would trust the Lord is he know there's a consequence. There's the wrath of God abides upon him. And then we explain to him how you need to be righteous as God. That's why God wants to give to you his righteousness as a gift. All that should be included in the message, the gospel message that we present. And when they notice there about the wrath of God in chapter 2, it talks about the wrath of God. In chapter 3, it talks about the wrath of God. And here in chapter 5, it talks about being delivered from the wrath that is to come. Because of the payment Jesus Christ made on the cross for us. And it says there in verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So I can't go to hell today and I can't go tomorrow. I never have to worry about it ever again. I have been saved from the wrath to come. And you'll read about this a little bit in John chapter 3 and verse 36. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not. The wrath of God abides upon him. And so therefore, we have been delivered from the wrath to come. God has done this for us. Uh, look there also in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Where it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, when you go to the book of Corinthians in chapter 15, you'll find that it talks about the two Adams. The first Adam is Adam in the garden, the first one that God made. And how that he was the head of all the families of the earth. He is considered the federal head. So by one sin, that man did, all that were born of the flesh inherited the same sinful nature. And so because of one person, one sin, everybody was affected. Or I could say infected. You're talking about a virus. There was a virus. A deadly virus. It's called an old sin nature. So when Christ came into the world, He never did anything wrong. And by one man's righteousness, by one man's obedience... All that are born in his family, because he is now the second Adam, a new federal head. And all those that are born into his family are just like him. Therefore, he says, 
when we were of the flesh, we bore the image of the earthy. And now that we have been born of God, we will bear the image of the heavenly. So it's two different families, two different worlds. And so it's all been made possible because we have been justified by grace through faith and that alone. So he makes the statement here, as far as Adam is concerned, look there in verse 12 again. Wherefore by one man, Adam, sin came into the world. Death by sin, because the wages of sin is death. Even though there was no law, sin still reigned. And people still died. And so he says, because all have sinned. In verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. And a lot of people struggle with what does that mean. I believe this. The Bible says that Adam was not deceived. Eve was deceived. So if Adam was not deceived, Adam knew exactly what he was doing. And he had a reason for doing so. And it says it's similar to what Christ did for us. Adam would rather live with her and die with her than to live without her. Jesus was willing to die for us so that we could live with him. He probably did it because he loved her, and he did it because he loved us. There's got to be something there that's similar. Look what he says in verse 15. Because verse 15 tells us that there is this justification by faith that delivers unto us a free gift. See, God is going to give us something. Not just that I declared you righteous, but I'm going to give you the free gift of everlasting life. See, he couldn't give the free gift of everlasting life to a man who has not been justified. That means he can't give it to the lost man. The lost man must accept that payment Christ made in order for him to be justified so that God can give him the free gift of everlasting life. Look in verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace. You ought to underline that. The gift by grace. You didn't earn this gift. You don't deserve this gift. This is what justification did for you. This is what God did because he justified you. You didn't do anything to get this gift. You didn't even have to ask for the gift. But I guess when you go to the book of John in chapter 4 and he talks to the woman at the well, he says, If thou knewest who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Living water. And she says, Evermore, give me this living water. But he makes a statement here. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. So everyone who trusts Christ as Savior are justified because of the payment he made. And now God is free to give to them the gift of eternal life. So you see, you can ask for the gift all you want. But you don't get the gift until you accept the Savior. We often say, yeah, Jesus Christ, he is the gift. Jesus Christ, he is eternal life. But in God's eyes, there is a breakdown. There is a sequence in this order. Look what he says down in verse 16. Verse 16, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. 
But the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. In other words, because Adam committed only one sin, and look what happened to the human race. And yet when God justifies you, it doesn't matter how many offenses you've done against him. How many sins have you committed? And yet because of that one payment he made took care of all of your sins. But we all lost it because of one sin, because of one man. So he says here in verse 17, he says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So you see, God has justified you from whatever you have done. He has given you the free gift of eternal life. He has declared you righteous as God. The gift of righteousness. Now, remember this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Anybody can quote Philippians 3, 9? And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. There is a by works righteousness. God says, don't be found trusting in that. There is a by faith righteousness. So there's a righteousness that God gives to you and I because we simply accept the payment Christ made on the cross for us. Look there in Romans in chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, and look in verse 21. In verse 21 where he says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, been witnessed by the law and the prophets. Why talk about this? Because he done told how bad we are, how wicked we are, and that there's no difference, and there's none that's righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. There is none good, no, not one. They've all gone astray. But now the righteousness of God is revealed. Because, you see, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Because when you tell the gospel story, it should also include in that gospel message the story how that God will give you his righteousness. God will make you as righteous as he is. And when you're as righteous as he is, you're righteous forever. Because it's a gift of righteousness that God can give to you because you have been justified. This gift of righteousness is not something that you earned or worked for or deserve. It's something that God gives to you because you have been justified. Justification is the key. And justification is because he was raised for our justification. I... Sometimes think, I don't know if I'm able to express adequately how I think and feel, and I wish that I could. I feel like I'm short on words, you know, a vocabulary that can adequately express all these wonderful truths that are found in the Word of God. But it's really, it's awesome when you stop and think about it. But just look here one more time in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, been witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. See, it's unto everybody, but it's only upon them that believe. And so those that believe are justified. And because you're justified, God is able to give you the free gift of everlasting life. 
give you his righteousness, make you as pure and holy as God himself. And that is something he gives to you. This is a standing because it's all part of your justification. What you got as because you were justified. This cannot be changed. Regardless of how ungodly you may live your life. You can't lose your righteousness. You can't lose your eternal security. You can't lose your free gift of everlasting life. You can't lose the Holy Spirit. You can't lose your standing in grace. Because it wasn't based upon anything that you and I have ever done. Whew, felt like I've been on a treadmill. But it's, it's the truth. It's just what the book says. And everybody ought to be thankful to the Lord because of it. Look what he says in verse 21 as we close here on this verse. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. This wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God says that he loves us. Now he hates our sin, but he loves us. And because he loves us, he doesn't want us to have to pay for our sins. And the payment for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But I can't go to heaven because of my sin. Can't get in. Because the only way I can be to heaven with the Lord is, see, God is perfect. We've all come short of God's perfection. So what I've got to do is I've got to be as righteous as God. So when God looks at me, how can a man be just with God? When God looks at me, God doesn't see any fault in me. That's been justified. So how can that be made possible? And God says, by your works, no man shall be justified. But you can be justified by grace, freely by his grace. So you see, we can't save ourselves. This hand represents Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ took our sins, paid for them on the cross, came back again from the dead. He was raised so that God could justify us. If he hadn't come back from the dead, there'd be no salvation for anybody. But because he was able to put this payment to our account, because we believe he did it for us, he can save us by grace because of the love and the kindness and the mercy of God. Not because of anything we've done, but because of what he did for us. So he gets all the honor, all the credit, all the glory for it. And God says, because I have been justified, I have a standing with God in grace. That I can enter into the very presence of God. Because of grace. And that he can... Declare that I have made peace with him. There's no enmity between us. That's my standing in Christ. It, that can't change. And because of that, he gave to me, because I've been justified, he gave me the indwelling Holy Spirit. And he gave me the free gift of everlasting life. And declared that I have his righteousness for all time and all eternity. He came back again from the dead. He was raised for our justification. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed, eyes closed, and no one looking around. 
Why not right now in the quietness of this moment, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust Him? Would you believe He died on that cross and paid for your sins? If you will, then God said He would justify you. He would declare you to be just. There would be nothing that could keep you from going to heaven. No sin today or in the past or in the future could keep you out of heaven. Because He paid for all of them. And because you knew accept Christ as your Savior, He gives to you the free gift, yes, of eternal life. Would you believe it? If you're watching by internet, or if you're here in the auditorium, if you've never trusted Christ, would you do it right now? Would you just talk to the Lord? Admit to God what you are. We're sinners. Christ died for sinners. If you believe He did it for you, He would save you and give eternal life as a gift. Would you believe it? Would you trust Him? If you will, I'd like to have prayer for you in closing. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and say, yes, pray for me. I'll trust Christ as my Savior tonight. If you've already done so, you don't have to do it again. Anyone at all. Our Father, we thank you so much for the teaching in your word. But we don't understand it all. We can't grasp it all. We just kind of sometimes feel like we're grabbing at straws, just scratching the surface. But there's so much in it. We just thank you so much for that you have revealed that we can understand some of these simple things. Bless all your people here. Those that are watching by internet, help us to be a blessing to them. And we pray that they'll listen and learn and grow, become strong Christians. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.